Let us pray. Risen Christ, appear to us now, we pray. Appear to us through the words of Scripture that we read and interpret for our own understanding. Appear to us through your Holy Spirit, coming into our hearts and into our minds to give that understanding and insight that we need of your love. Appear to us, we pray, risen Christ in the bread and the wine as we share tonight and discover your presence with us now and always. We ask these things in your name. Amen. From that passage in Mark chapter 16, verse 18 says this. They will lay their hands on the sick and they will recover. Some years ago now, one of the TV companies decided to film two different endings to a storyline in one of the popular TV soaps. Both endings were screened to a sample audience and they were asked to choose which ending should be used in the programme to be broadcast. Well, no such kind of consumer choice was given with the ending of Mark's Gospel, which has been the principal gospel in our lectionary this year. Two endings are offered, one very short and the other much longer, which you've just heard read. Neither of them, it can be said with some confidence, was written by Mark, but both were added by those who clearly thought that where Mark's gospel ended at verse 8 of chapter 16 was quite unsatisfactory. There, Mark reports the women fleeing from the tomb in fear and saying nothing to anyone when at last they had the opportunity to declare that Jesus was the true Messiah, risen from the dead. And so it was felt that a more rounded ending to the gospel should be provided. And it's been drawn from bits of the gospels of Matthew and Luke, with a few other ingredients added in for good measure. What this later ending seeks to show is that the women at the tomb that first Easter morning, did overcome their fear and reticence to speak. And when initial unbelief in the resurrection was dispelled, the risen Jesus sent out his disciples to proclaim the good news of the kingdom, as he did in the other Gospels. And then he ascended into heaven. Tonight, I want to focus on just one of the signs mentioned in verse 17, which the risen Jesus says will accompany those who believe. And that sign is to do with healing. This is the only reference to healing in any of the resurrection accounts in the Gospels. They will lay their hands on the sick and they will recover. So what does this say to us 2,000 years on? Well, firstly, I believe it says that Jesus intended his followers to carry on his ministry of healing. 
This is something that Jesus makes clear long before his death and resurrection. All three synoptic gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, show that Jesus sent out his disciples, usually the twelve, but also a larger group of some 70 or 72, to proclaim the kingdom of God in word and deed. Specific mention is made in these accounts of commissioning the disciples to cast out demons and to heal the sick. In Mark, reference is also made to anointing with oil to cure the sick. What this says to us is that what we're doing here tonight comes directly from Jesus himself. That what we're about here tonight has the Lord's authority around it. That we do what we do because the Lord has commissioned us and given us the authority to carry on his healing ministry. Of course, that doesn't mean that anybody can just get up and claim that authority for themselves. Those who feel called to this ministry are given training and guidance before being admitted to the team so that we can be sure that we are carrying out the healing work of Jesus for the right motives and in the right way. Equally, it's important for us to know that the calling that anybody has is from the Lord before we send people out with Jesus' authority to offer healing. And even in an an age of great advances in medical science and technology, there is still as much need for healing prayer now as there was in the early years or centuries of the Christian church. I can think of some recent instances where healing has come through prayer. A lady having unpleasant dreams every night found they stopped after she'd been prayed with. A father, concerned for his son's relationship, testified to reconciliation after prayer. An elderly man had stomach pains which disappeared after prayer. And a few weeks later, he came back for more prayer because now he'd got back pain. And you know, that went too. What Jesus called and commissioned his followers to do centuries ago he still calls and commissions his disciples to do today, to carry on his ministry of healing through prayer and the laying on of hands. And the second point I think that this says to us is that in his calling to healing ministry, Jesus is inclusive. From the gospel accounts, Jesus seems to indicate that healing prayer is a ministry that all can exercise. Jesus doesn't just pick out certain individuals, but he seems to send out all his followers. Paul speaks of gifts of healing given to individuals through the Holy Spirit, and it's true that some do have a particular gift in this way. But I don't think that is meant to exclude others from praying for healing with one another and with others. I remember being at Spring Harvest many years ago when John Wimber, the American preacher, teacher and healer, was speaking. 
When it came to a time of healing ministry, he didn't invite people forward to be prayed by his team, but he invited people to pray specifically for healing for one another in small groups. And the outcome was amazing in terms of how healing took place that night. At this time last year, our good friend Scott McDermott from America spent a week here preaching and exercising healing ministry. One Sunday morning, he too had the congregation here at Central Hall praying similarly in small groups for conditions of pain in backs, knees, joints, and so on. And again, many testified to relief and to healing. Maybe we should try that more often. I think what it tells us is that we all have a part to play in praying for one another for healing to take place, something that we can forget, but which was very normative in the life of the early church and brought spectacular results. And the third thing that I think we can learn from this is that Jesus empowered his followers for this ministry of healing through the Holy Spirit. We sometimes forget, I think, the important truth that Jesus performed, as far as we know. No great works of healing, nor did he demonstrate any signs of the kingdom until the Holy Spirit descended upon him at his baptism in the River Jordan. In his gospel, John tells us that Jesus said to his disciples that they would do greater works than he had done because he was going to the Father. It was in going to the Father that the risen Jesus sent the Holy Spirit upon his followers and indeed through Pentecost on all flesh. On the evening of the first day of the week when Jesus rose from the dead, John records how the risen Jesus met with his disciples gathered in fear behind locked doors. After greeting them, Jesus breathed the Holy Spirit upon them and said this to them, As the Father has sent me, so I send you. Before sending them out to proclaim the kingdom in word and deed, Jesus was equipping and empowering his disciples through the Holy Spirit. Only so could they fulfill the commission that he had given to them. And exactly the same is true of us too. We cannot exercise this ministry of healing or indeed any ministry by ourselves. And when we start to believe that we can, that's the time when we should stop doing it. We need to be filled by the Holy Spirit so that the Spirit of Jesus might work through us to carry on the ministry he himself had begun so that all the healing is coming from him and not from us. The longer ending of Mark's gospel alludes to the same point, with the risen Jesus giving to followers then and in every age the same commission. Go into all the world and proclaim the good news to the whole creation. So what this ending in Mark's gospel teaches us then is that followers of Jesus now as well as then are meant to carry on his work of healing. We are, meant, we are included in the call of Jesus to pray for those who need healing in their lives. 
And we are empowered by the Holy Spirit to fulfill Christ's commission to proclaim the kingdom to all creation. They will lay their hands on the sick and they will recover. So in expectation, let's ask God in Christ to heal us, to bring us to full recovery, to enable us to be open to his call to offer healing prayer to others and to fill us with his spirit to bring healing, to proclaim the kingdom to all creation. Thanks be to God. Amen.